Thank you for tuning into Weathering the Storm podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. That's scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, our goal is to help us weather the storms of life by looking to and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. Here is your host, Drew Suttles. Hello and welcome to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I welcome you back to Season 2 of Weathering the Storm on the Scattered Abroad Network. I want to thank everyone for listening this season. I have really benefited in my personal study from this, and I hope that something that has been said along this season has been beneficial and helpful to you. Today we are recording episode 19 of season 2, and we begin a two-part series on how we can weather the storms of life with the Word of God. And with me today is my friend Zach Parker. My brother Zach is a member here at Quitman and is doing a great work teaching a Bible class here. And uh, he and I both have four children, so we have that in common. We both love sports, and, and I thought he would be a, a great one to describe this topic and, and to discuss this topic with me today as we also share a mutual love for the Word of God. So with that, I'm going to let Brother Zach introduce himself to everybody. Uh, hello, my name is Zach Parker. Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you, Drew, for having me on. Uh, extremely nervous to be on here. Uh, <laughs> probably not the best orator ever, but here we go. Uh, born and raised in Valdosta, Georgia. Um, became a Christian when I was nine years old, um, baptized into Christ, and have been in the church family ever since. I went to a small congregation in Lakeland, Georgia. We uh, averaged between probably 60, 70 people um, on Sunday mornings and uh, learned a lot at a small group of friends, went to college, I played football during that time. So learned a lot about um, how to function as a Christian <laughs> in a uh, maybe a worldly situation in a locker room and in college and, and going through all those things and came out on the other end with a pretty good understanding and a, a lot of valued lessons learned during that. And mm-hmm. Like Drew said, I have four kids just like he does. And a um, 12-year-old, 9-year-old, a 6-year-old, and a 3-year-old, he's about to be four. So mm. pretty spaced out. Wife's <laughs> a planner. So that's why I'm in that way. <laughs> yeah. And uh, came to Quitman. Uh, golly, it's been a few months ago now mm-hmm. and really enjoying it and kind of going from a larger congregation back to smaller congregation where I kind of grew up and I'm really, really enjoying it, loving it, the family here. So excited to be on the the podcast and let's get rolling. All right, man. Well, thank you so much. And again, to our listeners, I've been bringing different guests on. They've all been great. And I'm just excited uh, that we can do this, especially uh, in-house, if I can use that phrase, Uh, bringing people from the congregation here uh, locally and just sharing our thoughts on how we've been able to get through difficult times and, and how we face the storms of life in hopes that it may help you in your storms that you may face. So with that, we want to ask the question, what does the Word of God say about the storms of life? Does it say anything? Zach, what would you say to that? It's one of the larger topics, I think, that's talked about in the Word of God. Um, from the Old Testament to the New Testament, uh, the things that that people go through it's mentioned a lot about what we're supposed to do as Christians and, and how we're supposed to handle those situations. And uh, it's probably one of the biggest challenges. If you look at some of the ways that it's presented to us, um, how we're supposed to rejoice 
<laughs> through, the, through some of the things and yeah. how we're supposed to not worry, um, which is counterintuitive to, to who we are as human beings. We worry a lot and we um, don't necessarily rejoice when we go through the trials and tribulations that we hit. And that's just, it's hard to wrap your mind around, I think. But I think that's why it talks about it so much through the Word of God and all the different examples it gives. That's exactly right. And you mentioned that uh, thinking about Paul and Philippians, it's an epistle of joy. He's writing that from a prison cell, you know, and he says, hey, rejoice in the Lord always. And uh, you read 2 Corinthians 11 and you say, how how could you do that? And and you mentioned that how it's unique and, and it's really widespread throughout the scripture. And, and you triggered a thought in James chapter one, he says, count it all joy. And, and you think, you know, how can I count it joy when I go through a, a trial or through a storm? And that's what makes the Word of God so unique and so valuable and so precious to us is that we learn to have the proper perspective uh, there. So what does the Word of God say? As you mentioned, it's widespread. And I would mention also that the Word teaches us that storms are inevitable. They're going to happen, whether you're a Christian or whether you're not a Christian, young or old. Uh, Storms, difficult times are going to happen. So no one is immune to them. Uh, They are coming. But the good news is they can be conquered. And we know that because we have Jesus with us. Now, you remember Mark chapter 4 when you have Jesus and his disciples on the boat. Uh, The Bible says there were other little boats on the water as well. What was the difference? Well, those in the other little boats didn't have Jesus in their vessel. So when you have Jesus in your vessel, when he's in your life and he's in your boat, if you will, those storms can be conquered. In fact, the Bible says we are more than conquerors through him that loved us, Romans 8 and verse 37. So, Zach, I appreciate that, uh, giving us some some insight there about what the Bible does say. In fact, it does mention that there are a lot of storms we're going to face. And so now we want to think about this question. Does the Word of God equip us to weather the storm? So it tells us they're coming, but does it equip us? And if so, how? I'm a a visual person, an example person. Uh, Gets on my wife's nerves sometimes. I I compare everything to football and use those examples a lot. I do too. But the Word of God gives us those examples. And of course, I think a lot of people, the first thing they think of when they think of trials and tribulations uh, is Job. Yeah, It's one of the first things that I know pops into my mind because it's such an extreme example. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, we... Uh, when I was growing up and I was young, I had a, a preacher that was talking in a class about how we are going to go through these struggles or the storms, if you will. Mm-hmm. And I was young. I think my wife was pregnant for the first time and life was pretty easy at that point. I had a good career, um, you know, haven't really had any struggles. And I'm thinking, well, you know, what's this guy talking about? Like not everybody has stuff that they have mm-hmm. to deal with. And um, it wasn't too long down the road where, you know, went through things. I actually was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis a few years later and and struggling and dealing with that. Um, But you always can go back in my mind to Job. And if you look at some of the things that we struggle with versus what he went through and you put yourself having four kids, you put yourself in that situation and walk through step by step of what he went through Mm -hmm. and how he kept his faith. And it's a very easy thing to point to, I think, Joe, but I think it works and I think it's relative. And I think that's why it's in there mm-hmm. is because, um, man, that's that's a brutal, brutal stuff to go to. And you don't understand it as much, I think, when you don't have children. 
Yeah. Once you have children and mm-hmm. talk about losing all your children um, at one time, man, um, there are people that I have experienced that nowadays. I've gone through that. And it's just such a hard thing to wrap your mind around. And I just think that's one of the big examples in there that gives us a, a, a jump off point of storms are coming. Here's yeah. here's how you handle them. Um, it's, it's tough. Yeah, it is. And it's it's. I don't want to say funny. It's ironic you mentioned Job. To our listeners, if you're listening and you've been listening this season, I think Job has been brought into every episode yeah. because he is the one that, that we think about. Uh, you mentioned, you know, burying 10 children in one day, you know, and mm-hmm. he lost all of his livestock, all of his financial, you know, everything. He lost his, his prestige. He lost his own health. And then you think about his own wife saying, curse God and die. And then we see Job bowing down and worshiping God. And we ask ourselves, how is he able to do that? Uh, Even when he thought that God was behind all of it, which, of course, the end of the book tells us, you know, God wasn't behind it, it was Satan. But Job didn't have the book of Job. (laughs) Job didn't have Job 42. He didn't know how it was going to end out. But Job was able to say, I know that my Redeemer lives. Job was able to say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. So a perfect example that you mentioned there. And, And Job was equipped to weather that storm by the word of God. No, he didn't have a written copy like we do today, but he had God speaking to him there toward the end. And, and God going through and say, listen, I've made you. I've made the stars. I've made Leviathan. He, he, all this huge list of things, God's saying, listen, I'm in control. Just trust me and submit to me. And of course, at the end of the book, you see that that God was with him. So yes, the word of God does equip us. And again, I think Job's a, a perfect example of that. You know, the Bible says, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, that all scriptures breathed out by God, and it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete. And then it says, fully equipped unto every good work. So the Bible fully equips us uh, for everything. I do think another way that the Bible equips us as well is is something that is not necessarily in the forefront when you think about this is our church family. Oh, Yeah. Seeing people in life go through these storms and seeing people, you know, lose children or, you know, lose a parent or have been diagnosed with something, a major illness and go through that and seeing the different examples of people who don't have a church family. Mm -hmm. Maybe they believe in God, but maybe they, you know, go every once in a while to, to worship or they're just not ingrained in their church family versus people who have that to be, you know, rally around them. It's just such a different experience. That's right. If we follow God's word and we're, you know, around our church family, have that strong congregation that rallies around us, it's just a different ball game. It's a different support system. I can't imagine going through something difficult without having that support. And I think that's one way the Bible equips us to weather these things is to have that foundation in that church family around us. That's a great, great point. And and you mentioned that the church being the body of Christ and we are a family, many members, yet one body. Paul tells the brethren in Rome. I think that's a really, really good example. And, and so the Bible does lay that out for us to say, you've got this support. You've got brothers and sisters to be there for one another and bury one another's burdens in Galatians chapter six. That's a really, really good point. And so the Bible does, in fact, equip us. Uh, I had one more passage to mention before we look to some specific passages together, and that's Ephesians six ten through seventeen. You know, put on the whole armor of God. This, what does that teach us? Well, we can be fully equipped. 
We can have the helmet. We can have the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We can be, uh, we can be overcoming uh, the different trials that we face because the Bible equips us uh, to do so. So, yes, the Bible does speak about storms, but it also helps us to learn what we need or, or what we need to uh, equip to our lives to make sure we can weather those storms. So with that, Zach, as we kind of uh, look toward the end of this episode and trying to bring some points home, we want to look at some specific passages that come to our minds that will hopefully help our listeners weather the storms of life. So I want to start with you. Uh, what are some specific passages that come to your mind or maybe something that's helped you uh, to weather some difficult storms? You know, very James and Roman heavy, Romans heavy here, so we may have some crossover. <laughs> yeah, but, um, no problem. One of the first verses um, that I think of is, is James one twelve, where it says, Blessed is a man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Hmm. And you know, it, it's difficult not to crumble. I, yeah. I think it is. It's difficult not to crumble in those times or uh, write off God or say, how could he do this to me? Um you know, it's very, very difficult to remain steadfast. But it tells us here to remain steadfast and, you know, we'll be blessed. Blessed is right. the man who remains steadfast. And so that's one thing that, you know, comes to mind. Absolutely. And I love that you mentioned that. And uh, here at Quitman, we're about to start a, a brand new series going through the book of James uh, in the month of August. And I'm excited about that. But you mentioned verse 12 and, and look at the context there of you know, facing those trials, counting all joy, asking wisdom from God to get through those difficult times. You know what's amazing about that is what the trials of life will do. And I heard a preacher say one time, the trials of life will either shake your faith, break your faith, or make your faith. Mm. And when you said it's easy to crumble, or it's, it's human nature, I guess you could say, to crumble under those trials, and James gives us that reminder in verse 12. And I'm glad that you brought that out. Blesses the man who endures that. For when he's passed that test, he's going to be blessed. And God's going to make sure that you know that those sufferings, it's not going to be worthy with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Uh, the first one I want to mention is Romans 8, 31 through 37. You mentioned James and Romans heavy. Yeah, <laughs> these, are, these are two books that we go to. But uh, Romans 8, 31, if God be for us, who can be against us? And you go on through that list, and, and Paul talks about all these different things. Uh, can anything stand against us? Well, not if Jesus is with you. And in verse, eight, uh, verse 37 of Romans 8, we've mentioned earlier, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And so James 1.12, Romans 8, 31 through 37. What's another verse that comes to your mind? When we're in the moment, I, you know, going through these, these times, I think it's difficult to see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm -hmm. um, Romans 8.18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. Mm. No matter how bad the situation that you're in, no matter what it is or how difficult it is to go through, it doesn't compare on the other side to the glory that's going to be revealed to us. Wow. Very difficult to wrap your mind around, yeah. but it's there. It's written for us in Romans 8, 18, and it's powerful if you really think about it. As bad as it's gotten in your life, no matter how bad that is, the glory that we're going to receive by remaining steadfast completely outweighs it and mm. just is going to blow us away um, for the joy that's going to be on the other end for us. So exactly. I love that verse and and what it can bring to the table as far as looking towards the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I do too. I love it. And and 
And I think to that point, that's where faith kicks in. You know, faith is the evidence of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. We haven't seen it yet. And it's like you said, it's hard to see the end of the tunnel. Job, it was hard to see Job 42. He didn't have it. Um, But we, through Scripture, again, weathering the storm with the Word of God, we have promises like that that are made that that give us so much uh, encouragement that we can face it. So that's a, a great, great verse for sure. Now, the next one I want to share is Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And when I think about peace, this is where my mind goes. You know, don't be anxious for anything. Be careful for nothing, some translations say. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes understanding, will keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus our Lord. And so, yes, you're going through the storm. But if you've got Jesus with you, think about this. You're always in the eye of the storm. Yeah, you might be affected by some things, and yes, it, the, the the winds may be howling around you, but Jesus is with you. You're always in the eye. He's going to be with you all the way. So Romans 8, we've mentioned two passages from there already. James 1.12, Philippians 4, 6, and 7. What's another one you've got? Uh, another common theme that you will see throughout the verses is uh, rejoice mm-hmm. in the suffering. Uh there's a lot of hard sayings in the Bible and a lot of things that are difficult to abide by. But um, Romans, uh, if you look at, I'm trying to make sure I get this correct here, mm-hmm. Romans 5, 3, and 4. Mm-hmm. More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. Wow. My granddad always talked about character and how mm-hmm. important that is. And you it's hard. It's like working out and mm-hmm. another sports reference, but when you lift weights, your muscles tear a little bit and yeah. come back stronger. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult to build character if you really haven't been through anything and yeah. not saying that you can't have a good character if you haven't, but that's when your faith is tested and your faith grows. It tears a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a natural fabric of life is when these things happen. And when you go through these storms, it knocks you down. It's going to, mm-hmm. but how do you come back? Do you get that faith growing? Do you build that character through that? And that's probably my favorite verse that I, you know, read when I was, you know, reading some of these verses. It's so important to use these, you know, count it joy and rejoice that you've <laughs> yeah. been through these things so that you can build your character. It's Try. a spiritual workout, really. Is yeah, what it is, it is. Mm-hmm. and it it grows you and. It's uh, if you've seen someone that's gone through this stuff that has that faith and that shows up, um, I won't say any names just in case people listening know, (laughs) but I I know someone who has lost a child and, you know, showing up and and, and being there and, and saying the things and talking about how their faith has grown and smiling through that mm. and using that as a, a teaching tool for others around them and how faith can grow. It's, you know, it's amazing it is. to see that type of faith and to mm-hmm. see someone rebound like that and use that and count that joy that they can affect others' lives in a positive and spiritual way. Wow. Yeah. And as you mentioned, the world sees that, you know, they see how they respond to that. And, Again, if you're a Christian, if you're not a Christian, you're going to face difficult times. But look at the difference when you have Jesus in your life. Look at the difference when you're a Christian. And all these verses are bringing that out. And I think that's a that's a great, great text for sure. The next one I want to share is, is Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Uh, we find this is on the hills of Hebrews chapter 11. 
the great cloud of witnesses, those great men and women of faith. And the Hebrews writer says that we are to look unto Jesus as we run this race that is called life, to run it with, with patience or endurance. And then it talks about how Jesus endured, how he despised the shame and he sat down at the right hand of God. So Jesus gives us that example. You talk about facing storms, you know, Jesus faced them left and right. Physical storms, mental storms, emotional, even spiritual storms that he faced, but he was able to get through it. So we have somebody that we can look to as the perfect example of how we are to weather the storms of life. So again, there's another uh, way that the Word of God uh, equips us to weather those storms. What's another verse you got? Well, you stole my thunder a little bit there, but I thought oh, that's that, okay. I thought that may happen. Um, <laughs> you know, James one two through four, yeah. it, and again, these echo each other. A lot of the verses that we've already read, but count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials in various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing, and. The thing I got most out of reading that verse is it echoes, of course. And when and the Bible says things multiple times, mm -hmm. you know, not that you sit and pay attention to the Bible and everything that it says, but yeah. when God in his all-knowingness took the time to repeat something over and over again yeah. in the Word of God, obviously, I think he's, you know, putting up a little flag there saying, hey, really pay attention to this because mm -hmm. this is something that's really, really, really important. And, and he does that. But at the end of this, and it says, let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And I think that's something in my, you know, what I get out of that is when I look at the elderly people who are getting up in age and getting closer to, you know, meeting God and meeting their maker and going to heaven. Mm -hmm. They've been through all these things and they don't lack the experience. Um, they're perfect quote unquote, in the fact that they've been through trials, they've been through tribulations, they know how hard it is, they know that they could come out on the other side with mm -hmm. their faith intact um, and not, you know, losing that. And that's what I see at the end of that verse that just really stands out to me is making you may, maybe perfect and complete. And obviously we're not perfect human beings, but, you know, right. for what I get out of that is saying that we been through it and right. we know that we can be faithful and we we've been through those experiences. Absolutely. I, I love that text. I love the whole book of change really, but <laughs> certainly that context there and really the parallel passage is in first Peter and you mentioned becoming perfect, you know, and, and it's being tried like, like gold and going through that trial. It makes you stronger, makes you better. So I, I appreciate all those passages. I've got two more uh, to share with our audience. And if you have any more, of course, I'm going to turn things back over to you after this one. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 is the one that jumps out to me. My, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And then he says, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So the word vain means empty, right? So when you go through trials, that's not just a wasted experience. You're gaining a lot of confidence. You're gaining courage. You're gaining the strength that you need to face the next storm that comes your way. And so that's a passage to, to bring out. Um, so I guess we'll, we'll, we'll close out with this one because we've shared a lot of verses for our audience. And I hope that if you've been listening and you've been able to jot some of these down to maybe keep them in your Bible with you, keep a little sheet to say, here's how I can navigate through the storms of life. But here's one I'd like to leave, uh, to leave you with. And, and I love this song. We don't sing it a lot, but it's one that, that I really love. It's from Isaiah 43, two and three. 
And keep in mind that God is speaking to Israel, but today, members of the church, we are spiritual Israel, according to Galatians 6.16. Isaiah 43, 2 and 3, it says, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall the flame scorch you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. He goes on to say, I've called you by name and you are mine. So God, I want you to notice, he says, when you pass through the waters, when you go through the rivers, when you walk through the fire, what's that remind you of? Psalm 23. Even though I pass through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. And so to our listeners today, we want to encourage you to know that God is with you as you are with him, as you meet the conditions set forth in his word to obey him, to be his child, then you can have that confidence and that courage as you weather the storms of life. So as we close our episode today, something we like to do with every episode is we want to give our audience one takeaway, uh, one thing that they can take with them from this episode that will hopefully help them through a difficult time. So, Zach, what would be your one takeaway? It's hard to just say one. Let's see if I can get like <laughs> one and a half. Um, I think one thing that always jumps out to me that I've learned, um, I'm 36, so I don't have it all figured out yet. But one thing I learned is trials and tribulations are all relative. And I think it's human nature for us sometimes when someone else is going through the trial to say, well, their trial isn't as bad as mine. Mm. Look what I have to deal with versus what they have to deal with. Um, and we do that a lot, I think. And why are they worried about that? Why is that upsetting them? Because look look over here. Look what these people are dealing with. Mm-hmm. But it's all relative to what your experience in your life. When I was 23 years old and I hadn't been through anything, something smaller was probably a trial for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and being older now and going through more things, obviously, some of the smaller things aren't as, as difficult. Yeah. So I think we just need to make sure we're rallying around people, make sure we're there for them, make sure we don't... Um, you know, look down upon someone for going through, you know, quote unquote, a trial that we might not think is worthy mm-hmm. of, of a response, I think is difficult. But the, the big takeaway that I have is the church family, if you're going through something right now and you're having a difficult time and you're not at a congregation or you don't have a church family. Maybe you've been through COVID and you haven't been to church in a while. You haven't gone to services in a while. Um, you know, and those things can be difficult because of everything going on. It's just so important to have that family. It's so important to have those people rallying around you. So if you're not, you know, if you don't have a, a church family or a church you call home, um, find somewhere get involved, be there. So when you do go through these storms, you have those people rallying around you. I just think that's so important. And um, I think, you know, I'm a little uh, biased because I have such a great church family here at Quitman. And uh, I just see that importance in that. So if you're, you know, out there and you haven't had a congregation that you find, find somewhere that's founded in the word of God and become part of that church family and pour your heart and your your life into it. And it will be there for you when you do go through a storm. Absolutely. Well said. Well said. My one takeaway would be don't try to go through the storms without the Word of God. I think this episode, we, we've shared a lot of verses with you and we've shared what the Bible says, but don't try to go through a trial without it. Make sure it's 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 hidden in your heart. You mentioned pouring your heart and soul into 
you know, the work and the congregation, which exactly is exactly right. We need to do that. But we also need to pour our heart into studying God's Word Amen. and allow our hearts to be filled by the Word every day. So when that trial comes, as the psalmist said, your word have I hid in my heart. That's what we need to do. So when that storm comes, that we're, we're ready. We're fully equipped, as the Bible is able to do. So, Zach, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for being with me today. Uh, appreciate our audience. Appreciate all of you listening. And we hope and pray that this episode will help you in some way to weather the storm. Again, thank you for listening. May God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.